Relationships, they're rarely perfect, if ever. In today's episode, I talk with relationship coach Michelle Wilmot, where she shares her own relationship journey through menopause, how she tamed her inner bully, and the ways that she thinks that you can thrive in your relationship by taking full responsibility of it through menopause and beyond. Join me for an amazing interview with some great insights into how to make your relationship the way you'd like it to be. Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. This is the show where women share their experiences of their peri to post-menopause transition and where experts empower and educate you around different aspects of living well and having a positive mindset. I am your host, Clarissa Christensen. I'm a menopause transition specialist and I am also a speaker and an author. I have a deep passion that women can thrive through this time of life with the right support and knowledge. So join me each week as I interview a different guest on a different aspect of this, probably the biggest transition in a woman's Well, welcome everyone to another episode of The Menopause Project. And this week we're going to be talking to some about something and to somebody about something very important, and that's about relationships. Because we all have them. Sometimes they go well, and sometimes they don't go to plan and things can go wrong. But being able to have good relationships, particularly in our perimenopause years, is very important because we need support. And we also need to be supporting those that we love as we go through and change and have our moods and have our moments. So I'm really delighted to welcome onto the show Michelle Wilmot. She is a relationship and leadership mentor and she helps people to communicate better. So welcome onto the show Michelle. Thank you Clarissa, lovely to be here, looking forward to it. That's great. Michelle, tell us a little bit about you and your menopause journey. Yeah, okay, where to start? <laughs> so for me, just looking back, notice realizing now that I had symptoms in my early 40s and but didn't really realize that they were symptoms. And went to the doctors for various things, didn't really get much help there. So just probably like a lot of women just had to get on with it. And I think the early 40s were f- fairly easy for me, but it wasn't until I hit my mid 40s and I'm 50 this year. So mid 40s and later that, that I really started to struggle. And of course, now having done the research, I know that's a common pattern for a lot of women, but was completely unaware and lost. And obviously I, I found it very difficult to find information unless I really delved into it on the internet and then I realized that it it was a thing Um, but for me my main to sum it up really my main issues were horrendous insomnia and really bad anxiety and this is where it had a real impact on my relationship and now as you've obviously already said I'm a relationship coach and mentor And this, you know, it really feels like this is my work. This is what I'm here to do, to help people improve their relationships. And I specialize in 
picking away at people's communication. That's what I love to do. And so for me to, for, for me to actually suddenly be faced with my own relationship being put under a whole load of new and different pressure was unsettling to start with. Um, a lot of shame, of course, around that because I'm a relationship coach, so I'm supposed to have it sorted. And of course, you know, we all know that no relationship's perfect. And, and for me, my relationship has been something that I, I'm, I'm very proud of in terms of the fact that I've always wanted to work on this area of my life. I haven't got any children. So in a way, I've been lucky to have had extra time to spend on working on my communication and my relationship with my husband. And he's been an amazing man. He's been really supportive all the way through. But what happened to me, and I think, I'm hoping this is gonna be really useful to some, whoever's listening out here, is because I think the ego and the mind in our relationships can be very destructive. And it can tell us all sorts of rubbish about ourselves, of course, and our partners. and really actually ruin a lot of relationships that are fundamentally quite healthy but perhaps just need a bit of tweaking Mm. I think that's a really important point there Michelle that sometimes our relationships just need you know the tweaking it in what we can escalate small things to become big issues between ourselves and the other person that maybe aren't real yeah yeah and it's being able to really discern the difference because what happened to me was I have got a very strong what I would call an inner bully within me and I think we've all got this on some level and you want to call it the ego however you want to label it and my voice would often tell me and did so much more often during this period of my life that my husband wasn't enough. He wasn't passionate enough. He wasn't dynamic enough. He wasn't inspiring. I mean, poor guy. (laughs) He wasn't inspiring (laughs) enough. Um, And, you know, having these really huge expectations, you know, I think it was a reflection of my own perfectionistic standards Mm. and just projecting all of that onto him and also, you know, that's, that, I think that's a real mirror for us. And I, luckily enough, because I work in the field of coaching and mentoring, I was able to take a step back more often than not and say, okay, this is a projection. Where am I not being dynamic enough? Where am I not being passionate enough? But um, I think that's really interesting because you described that as an inner bully. And so often women have this terrible inner critic and are doing that to themselves. Mm. But I wonder how many times we actually think, am I doing that to the other person? And and that that is a reflection of what we actually feel about ourselves. Yeah, I think where we have the the inner bully, which tends to project outwards, we obviously, the opposite side of that is the inner victim. And like you've just described, the part of us that literally gives us bashes ourselves over the head gives us a really hard time tells us we're useless and not enough and not attractive enough and what have you um so knowing that I was doing that helped 
but it got to the point for me that my anxiety was so bad and obviously this was a hormonal issue as well um, and I think it was a gut issue for me very much so that I started to really everything became much more accentuated in terms of this bully voice and that it was almost it almost got to the point actually sorry it did get to the point where this voice was saying you need to leave it's time to jump ship because there is something better for you out there if you're looking at your partner at your husband in this way there must be something better out there for you and this is where I think we need to be really careful I mean, I'm not saying that women shouldn't leave their relationships because I think absolutely you know it's the right thing for some women to do every situation is different but it's a really good idea to just try and be discerning around this and check in with ourselves because what what happened was because there's this whole idea of you know the book feel the fear and do it anyway oh yes hmm. mm. and I think that's great advice in many situations and I think people definitely need to to when we're taking a big step in any area of, area of our life there's going to be some fear and we need to move through it so it makes sense but it's not always applicable and that's the uh, danger and I I think I was really buying into that whole idea well oh my god I'm so anxious I don't want to leave my husband but maybe that's what I need to do because I'm having all these doubts wow that's whoa <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that, that's huge that's huge I mean yes you said that I mean there are times when relationships don't work and they're truly broken and and mm. I think if anything, perimenopause, menopause throws that a spotlight on that. But yes, a lot of women do get that urge to jump ship at this time. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I had a. I kept going deep in, inside of myself, and I had this other voice, much more resourceful and resilient and loving, actually, because it kept saying, "Hold tight, hold tight," and because I was so frightened because it really would have been for all sorts of reasons that I won't go into it would have been uh, such a massive life-changing decision um, it would have put me in a very difficult position I think financially as well mm. and on all sorts of other things it would have made it very difficult not to say that you shouldn't do it but so there was all that there was that side as well and the other thing that I made sure that I did, I spoke all of it, pretty much all of it to my husband. And luckily, because we've got that sort of relationship and I've been trained in commun relationship communication, uh, and I've always pr um, prided myself in, in being vulnerable in my relationship, speaking up when, even when there's tension and even when I don't really want to or I felt fear, Luckily, I've, I've been able to do that anyway. So I just kept talking to my husband and I even told him that there was this part of me that felt like I needed to leave. And, it, and I must admit, it rocked our relationship hugely. There was a couple of moments where we, we bought into it, both of us, and we were like, wow, is this it? And it almost breaks my heart thinking, I, you know, that could have happened and... But I just kept holding tight 
and just kept riding the waves, the perimenopausal waves, the anxiety would come and go and got through it. And I think it was almost the ultimate test. Yeah. For our relationship. Mm. That's a big test. <laughs> yes, really yeah. Yeah. and I, yeah. I think maybe in a way I was meant to go through it because I obviously help other women and, and couples and men with all sorts of issues around relationships and communication and this piece comes around menopause comes into it as well so maybe I had to go through it in order to hold that space for my clients I'm sure there's something there mm. and um What happened really as a result of us going there, going to the depths of despair or whatever you would like to call it, was that actually we then, or I then was shining the light on the ego's fear around opening ourselves up to what I would say is a, um, or, or to more love, to the next level of love. Yeah which may sound a bit cliched, but I think for anyone who's listening out here, this, this, if you're struggling in perimenopause, menopause, it may, and in your relationship, your relationship may be calling you for the next level, calling you to step up, calling you for more growth. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think we're often very complacent about our nearest relationships. Mm. We, we often, are, I don't know, view when you work with people, but often they're sort of there. They're a bit like, you know, a bit like a pair of socks. You've worn them a long time and they're kind of comfy, you know. And, yeah. and we, we stop, stop listening to them. And I think, you know, meeting a lot of women, I think we're tied up, caught up in our jobs, our to-do lists, and if we have children. And then things change around us at this time. And I think there's a lot of change in there for women. Your children are growing up, your parents are aging, maybe they pass away. And they're suddenly like, oh, who's this person? I've lived with here for 25 years. So yes, it may well be calling us to look at our relationships and step up in them, as you said, go to the next level. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, the communication piece is huge here. I've worked with quite a few women who unfortunately have, have left relationships or relationships have, have split up for various reasons. And it's been at this time it's happened because mm. like, you know, it does, it tends to happen. Yeah. Um, more women leave their relationships between 40 and 60, don't they? Than yeah. a much higher percentage. Yeah, than men. much, much higher. Lots of women do. It's, I think it's women that's driving most of the divorce um, both in the UK, US, other countries mm. at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, having spoken to them, you know, finding out that they just have not at any point really through the relationship really showed up in terms of being what I would say being themselves, feeling able to really speak up and express themselves fully because of course that means that we do have to be vulnerable and there's always a risk and it's not easy no being vulnerable is very hard i think you know i'm a great fan of brene brown and her work on vulnerability and mm. and it requires a lot of courage and and potentially rocking the boat or getting a, a reaction that we may not like exactly exactly 
But again, I'd like to just encourage anyone out there listening that just to take that first step, because I, in my experience, vulnerability, being vulnerable in terms of expressing ourselves gives us the opportunity to, to receive that support, gives our partner the opportunity to step up and be the person we, we're wanting them to be. But also it puts us in a position of strength and in actual fact, it enables us to put boundaries in because this is what I always say to my clients. If we express how we're feeling and I, you know, I think there's two ways of doing this. The first way is we just almost, it's a bit of a scattergun approach where we're just, um, speaking how we feel, blurting it out, blaming, criticizing, complaining from a disempowered victim type place. And of course that is going to get a reaction. So I don't, whilst we all do it, we've all done it. If we can just <laughs> check ourselves on that and try not to speak from that place, that that's a good start. But from a place where we are fully owning our emotions, that's, like I've said, in my experience, puts us in a position of strength because, so if I give you an example, if I am feeling, let's say, sad, just to choose one emotion, I'm feeling sad and maybe it's to do with my partner, maybe it's not, but it's caused, there's some tension in the air because let's, let's face it, most people will pick that up, even, all the unsaid, all the unspoken stuff. Even if it's not said, it's still creating attention in the air. So if I express that to my husband, just put it out there by saying, that I'm noticing that I'm feeling really sad or angry or anxious right now. And I'm... I just want to put it out there. I just want to let you know, you don't need to do anything. I'm dealing with it. Or actually, I'd really like a hug. Or please, I'd just like you to listen. So if we do it from a place of full ownership and ask for what we need, then we put ourselves in a position of strength because if our partner then dismisses us, rejects us on some level, because often, unfortunately, they're not they don't know how to communicate either properly oh. and so they tend to want to rescue and fix mm -hmm. and that often makes it worse but if they're quite dismissive and you know we can all be narcissistic on some level I'm not talking abusive but you know we can all do it so if, if our partner is is dismissive when we are owning our emotions and we are expressing them and they dismiss us we can then say please do not dismiss my emotions my feelings mm -hmm. and it's actually that simple oh and that for some people that might sound well scary in that they think god i don't know if i could say that <laughs> to my partner and it does take practice of course yeah. but i found that it's it's just it brought my relationship onto a whole new level of freedom in terms of us being able to just express ourselves and feel and be accepted for being the person we really are. Yeah, and that's beautiful because I think one of the things you've really shown in that example is we say that in a very calm, compassionate mm. and rational way. Um, which sometimes isn't the case when we're when we're going through menopause and our moods are flying. We mm. kind of scre we screech and we generally get a <laughs> screech back, <laughs> or an ignoring "she's off again" kind of thing. Yeah. 
But yeah. learning to actually be that clear and very simple, that's what it came mm. across to me is that this wasn't complicating things. It was um, just a series of very clear, calm statements. Yeah. And thank you for reflecting that back. And I think that that's true. Like, but obviously there are those situations where you've just described, it's not that simple. And in the heat of the moment when we're triggered, it, we can't speak from that place. And I would never recommend someone trying to do that. I think relationships are messy it, 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 and we have to be prepared to get in a mess in a way. And I had to go through that with my husband when I first started being vulnerable with him. Because when I met him, I'd already called off a wedding to somebody else. And so when I met him, and it was only a year later, to be honest, it was a little bit soon, but I fell in love with him. And so we don't always choose that, do we? And, but I, I decided that I was going to have a relationship where I could be honest and open about who I was. And I pushed for that. And I, I think I was a bit of a tyrant in a way, <laughs> to start with. <laughs> Because I had such a high standard around this and no one had taught me how to speak. But as the years went on, I'm so glad that I stood by that. And it was a mess. But going back to what I was saying, if, if, if it's messy and it's full of tension and we're shouting and screeching like you described, we can call a timeout. We can go away and then we can come back. And sometimes we can, it's about eating a bit of humble pie and saying, you know what? sorry, I didn't quite get that right then. And I see how I could have said this instead or done it a bit better. What do you think? And try and have a more of a dialogue around it and open it up. Yeah. That requires a lot of courage for a lot of us. You know, we're, there's a lot of festering in relationships. And I, I wonder whether, you know, your thought in that a lot of women are brought up particularly you know those of us I mean you're 50 I'm 60 um mm. we were taught to be nice you know we were taught to be more compliant I think our youngest younger generation are not as compliant maybe as we were but we certainly have that kind of training and so sometimes we're quite we're quite passive or passively aggressive as women um oh goodness yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a big thing in relationships. And I think there's a lot of men who are passive aggressive as well, because we don't, people, like you said, we're conditioned to sweep things under the carpet, to be compliant, to be nice to each other. And we're just not being real, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's not about expressing every single emotion that you experience, because that can be obviously a bit too much. <laughs> but um, the, the, the interesting thing for me is, it can actually be very simple and we can actually do it from a very nice, compassionate place. When we try and keep our language simple and we really fully own it, this, I mean, for, for me, it's been annoying and it's still annoying sometimes because it's like swallowing, you know, that I always say it's that hard pill to swallow, having to take full ownership, having to look at our triggers and own them and say, okay, yeah, that person, my partner's annoyed me or upset me. And I'm allowed that. I'm, I'm allowed to, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge my feelings. I'm not going to deny myself my anger or my sadness. But what's reflecting back on myself? Where am I not wanting to be with that sadness? Where am I pushing away my hurt and my pain? And actually, 
being with it, giving ourselves some time and space to feel rather than keep blurting it out and putting it on our partner the whole time. And that does, it does take a bit of humble pie and swallowing our pride. But I think the more and more we do that, the the more freedom that our relationship has to breathe. And the nicest thing that I would like to share here is rather than holding our partner to ransom, you know, almost like holding a gun against their head saying, you've done this to me and it's your, because we often our words often convey that message Mm. you've done this to me and I say to my clients no one is your partner is not holding a gun against your head saying you have to feel like that even though they've triggered you Mm. and you you know it's okay for you to feel that and give yourself space and time to feel that it is actually your responsibility to deal with the fallout or whatever happens from that from that place and so this is the magical bit for me is that when you start taking more and more responsibility it not only frees you up and your partner up and allows the relationship to breathe but actually your partner yeah this is this piece is about freeing your partner up more is free to show up in his or her unique own unique way Mm. and that is often magical because we have a predefined idea in our minds as to how we want our partner to behave or to show up. So when we give them space and they show up in a way that goes far beyond that, it is, it, for me, it's like, it's magic. And the amount of times my husband has said, I, has surprised me because he's just done something or said something in a way that I would have never expected and it's beautiful yeah and so there's something quite precious I mean there's something quite precious in here for me about relationships and this is why I feel like I was meant to do this work and save relationships (laughs) that can be that can be saved or taken on to the next level yeah and I think that is such a beautiful thing that you know that we are that taking it further and that sense i think of surprise of gratitude of amazement is there and maybe we live in a world that's all about quick fix and moving on and and people think divorce is easy i've been divorced i know that it's not an easy thing i mean i had other reasons for leaving they were more complicated but we don't flick relationships on and look for someone else um because we haven't resolved our own issues, have we, Misha? No, exactly. And, you know, most of my clients soon realise that it would be, yes, it seems easier in the outset to jump ship, but they are going to take their baggage with them and undoubtedly recreate some of the issues that they are experiencing with their current partner. Exactly. And probably attracting the same person. Uh, uh, subconsciously, you attract the same person because that's that's what you're sending out those signals and those things keep going round and round which is maybe why second marriages often fail Mm. I was going to say that exactly actually yeah I'm sure that's the case yeah I'm sure I'm sure and I think that there are just things that we can do we are in control aren't we Michelle of of our choices of how we want to respond much much more than we realize and 
I think because we're so conditioned by society to behave in a certain ways, as you indicated earlier, we fall into the trap of not questioning, not questioning ourselves, our behavior and our thoughts. And so I also think this takes a certain level of mastery over our own thoughts mindset. And I know obviously you do quite a lot of work around mindfulness here. And I think it's such an important piece to take time to just be the observer almost be the, the, the third person observer of our mind because some of the rubbish it can't, I mean, I was sometimes the other day I was said to my husband that what my mind was saying, it was complete and utter rubbish. <laughs> and if you believe it, then we, you know, we, we are at risk of creating some real problems for ourselves. Yeah. And so relationships really are precious. Relationships yes. are precious yes. and exactly. to be cherished. We chose that person to be with us a lot of the time. And, you know, navigating relationships is, 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 is tricky, but they are precious. And there's too many people who are lonely in this world and don't yeah. have anybody yeah. to turn to. Exactly. Exactly. So to have the support of someone who really knows you and who's sharing this whole journey with you is like you say, is precious and not to be taken for granted no and I, I feel that personally my, my listeners may or may not know I mean I was single for 15 years after my marriage ended and I got married last year <laughs> oh wow yeah. and we're still working it through you know? <laughs> you know there's a lot of talking about what we want in this time around because we don't have children yeah. together and we have a different situation but it but it certainly is made me look at the way I, I behave and how I've, how I've been and that I can't reproduce how I was in the previous relationship because that would have been a disaster. And I think, look at it and think, gosh, if, I, if I'd spoken up here, things might have been different. Mm. But I didn't. Yeah. I, I, in the end, I mean, there were lots of complications, which I won't go into, but, you know, mm. but I think I could see that there could have been turning points where had I showed up, things would have been different yeah and it's great that you're doing that second time round. obviously meant to be and all of that I think and I actually just one thing you mentioned there talking about you mentioned talking about what we want and I think some people can get confused with this whole idea of taking full responsibility and almost becoming submissive in doing so I, you know, I think it's very important that we stand strong in our desires and that's part of the communication, expressing what we, we want for ourselves in terms of the relationship and even going as far as saying things that we don't like. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't absolutely. Want. I think, and I think that's very important, you know, it's sort of like two people have got to find a way of being together that lets both, both sets of needs be there, you know. Mm. I mean, and sometimes some of the other person's needs are not necessarily what, how you would choose it to be, but then there's a way, how do you navigate that? I mean, my husband yeah. plays horrible loud music and I'm like, no, I need <laughs> silence here and things like that, you know? So we're, we're finding ways to work and live together um, yeah. when two people are older as well and a little bit more set in their ways. We're not as malleable <laughs> as, <laughs> as they were. That's part of it. And I think it is about understanding what each part person needs the other one to give and to express those needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And my, my husband and I, we, we have this thing where we 
call each other on our BS um, because sometimes we, you know, we all say things that are just, they, you can almost, I think we obviously know each other so well now, we've been together nearly 20 years, that it's almost like you can sniff it out. And so we'll say it. And I, I say to my husband, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to call BS on that. And he does it to me. And it, you know, we're lucky enough that we can, we've got to the stage where we can go, actually, yep, you're right. What was I thinking? What was I, you know, that, that didn't make sense. Or we're just speaking from a disempowered place and probably caught up in everything else that's going on around us and not really thinking and clearly. Mm. So having that, being able to do that with each other is like a breath of fresh air, really. But it takes you know time keep and keep talking keeping talking keeping the conversations going more than just the you know average small talk type of conversation what have you been doing today and a lot of us can get into that as being the the kind of communication that we have yeah 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 yeah, which is all well and good and and quite nice sometimes because it's quite light-hearted but for me, I, if I'm working with any clients, couples or individuals, I would question them on, on whether they're actually having what I would say real conversations. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. really going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is in the midst and the busyness of, of life. Very easy to be in that groove. And I think there's a country mm -hmm. song my husband sometimes um, plays about a couple that, you know, just basically they don't talk anymore they're just yeah they're just you know in the same knitted sweaters rubbing along <laughs> rubbing along but there isn't <laughs> actually anything else happening <laughs> they've got the same anoraks <laughs> yeah <laughs> but not okay. much else yeah 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 that's the danger isn't it over time what is that what's the saying familiarity breeds contempt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And contempt being one of the four horsemen in relation, relationships, John Gottman's work. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the pre-indicators um, of, of divorce. So, yeah, it's true. It's like, what about having conversations about our dreams, and our vision for, our, for ourselves and hopes, wishes, how we're feeling, just checking mm. in with each other. It doesn't have to be a you know huge deep and meaningful all the time which I think some people are wary of and I think a lot of men are wary of especially when it's dressed up in a certain way by women who perhaps start with the how do they say it something like I like I'd like to talk to you about something or something <laughs> like it's almost you can see them turning around and running <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I had to laugh there because that's such a <laughs> such a cliche kind of thing. Is I'd like to talk yeah. to you, and they're going, "Oh my God, what's coming now?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can do it over dinner. We can do it uh, if we've got some time in the evening. Just a, a quick check in: How are you doing? What's going on for you at the moment? And even little things like new information in terms of. I've got this plan tomorrow just to let you know, because sometimes we don't let each other know what's happening and that can cause friction. Oh yes. If people don't know that some you've planned something, you're going somewhere or you've got a meeting or whatever. Yeah. People don't like surprises like no. that. No. 
you didn't tell me that. Why didn't you tell me that? Mm. You know, that's the sort of response <laughs> it can, that can happen. <laughs> Michelle, you've given some, I mean, such a great overview of how people can, you know, think about relationships differently. Um, if you had one tip that listeners could take away to start the process of better communication, what would that be? I always say take full responsibility. So that's actually not really in terms of overt communication, but looking at yourself and trying to, well, actually I will, it does go into communication, trying to speak from a place where you own your emotions, you own your, what's happening to you rather than blaming your partner. Yeah, full responsibility. Yeah, I think that's, you, you can't really begin to change things until you do, can you? No, no, I think that's the key really. In actual fact, with my work with clients, that's when people really get that, that penny drops, for me, their relationship changes in that moment. Mm -hmm. I had a, a couple the other few weeks ago who were literally about to split up. And I'm, I'm not saying I fixed their relationship in three sessions, but by the third session, completely different in terms of the way they're relating to each other because they got that piece about... And obviously I was challenging them and that helped them because I was reflecting it back to them their own what was happening to each individual but yeah I think it's so important yeah and taking a risk take, taking a risk and trying to speak up and be and, and there are no mistakes there's only learning yeah, very true I think think really this all comes back down to how you want your relationship to be what do you want out of your romantic life what are you taking a stand for what are your values yeah that's very true because everything comes back to your values it, whatever that relationship is and if we can't know our values first and foremost if we don't know them and actually stand for them yes. then things will never yes. things will never change Yes, and maybe that's my first tip. Get clear. Get really clear about what you want, what you're taking a stand for, what you want to have in your relationship in terms of communication, in terms of intimacy. And, and who do you want to be? Not how do you want your partner to be all the time? Who are you willing to be? Because if you want our partner to, to stand up and show up in a certain way, we have to be willing to do it ourselves. Yes, we do. Indeed, we do. Michelle, that was simply wonderful and I could talk to you forever, but do tell my listeners where they can get in contact with you. Well, they can find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook and my website, which is michellewilmot.co.uk or .com. Michelle with one L and Wilmot with two L's and two T's. <laughs> not, too, <laughs> not too complicated. <laughs> thank you so much michelle for coming on the menopause project oh the dog barked <laughs> good timing good timing but thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom and i hope that listeners take away some uh, some good advice and connect with you at michellewilmot.co.uk or find you on linkedin or facebook
You're welcome. That was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Clarissa. Thank you. Well, I think that was an absolutely amazing podcast interview. I learned so much about relationships and it made me reflect on my own relationship and how I can take steps to make that even better. I'm really thinking about showing up, asking for what I need and every day taking more responsibility. If you're going through menopause and this is a time that you're struggling with, feel free to connect with me, Clarissa Christensen, at clarissachristensen.com. I'm here to support you and to thrive through menopause. Next week, join me as I talk to Shirley Weir about her menopause journey and how that led to the founding of her amazing group, Menopause Chicks, based out of Canada. Until next time, go well. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.